The college experience on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by my bookie sign up over at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP 50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. Play win get paid over at mybookie.ag. The college experience is also brought to you by odd shark head over to oddshark.com to find free picks from their supercomputer and expert writing staff, as well as betting stats and trends you won't find anywhere else. Follow them on Twitter at OddShark and visit them at www.oddshark.com. Yes. Yes, we are back. Marv Alberts, AKA Colby Dant, AKA the Dantabase, Colby D, whatever you want to say. Welcome to the college experience. And guys, we are slowly trickling down through the conferences as we are a nice, what? I think we're 24 days, 23 days, something like that away from week zero. Not that we're counting. Not that we're counting. Uh, it's just right around the corner. I can taste it. I can fucking taste it. But I, you know what? I would not be college football. It would not be the college experience without talking to this guy. He's a former. Former. Emphasis on former. James Madison defensive back. They called him the Steve Tasker of the team. Give it up for... Patty C, even though he was test- <laughs> Woo! was that a hacksaw Jim Duggan introduction? <laughs> I think so. I got the two by four and yeah. the oversized <laughs> granny panties. We're ready to rock. I always liked hacksaw Jim Duggan, man. Seems like a solid guy. About a 62 IQ and yeah. <laughs> getting paid. Good for him. Throwing uh, thumbs up left and right. <laughs> well, welcome buddy. Welcome. Um, well, I mean, we've gone through almost all of the, uh, the group of five, even though I consider, you know, Mountain West almost, almost you know, it's almost like a power five, but, yeah. but this power one, seven, I think. Is yeah. What we've yeah. On. Probably a power seven because Mountain West and I have this one just a shade better than the Mount, the Mountain West. And this is the American conference. So American, so American speaking of hacksaw, Jim Duggan, that's, I mean, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, they go hand in hand, American conference and pet and, and, and not pet and hacksaw, Jim Duggan. That's right. Colby is a real American. That's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> We're just getting retarded. Here. We're ignorant. Hey, Sergeant shit. Slaughter. What about him? He's a real We're American. Revealing too, right? how ignorant we yes, are right now. <laughs> yes. We're consuming. I got a nice little uh, uh, Jameson going here. We got a bullet uh, over there for Pat. Switched over to liquor based on our relative poverty at the moment. So yeah, uh, I think liquor la- laziness is also. Yeah. Uh, you know, just. But welcome. It's good to be back. Thank you for listening to all of our previous episodes. Assuming you have, if you, this is your first time listening, well then thank you for tuning in. Uh, before we dive into the American conference, we do have some news out there. Uh, I'm starting to worry about the Iowa Hawkeyes, Pat, the Iowa Hawkeyes open up against Northern Illinois in Kinnick, right? Mm. So it's in Iowa. Okay. Uh, you know, they had their starting safety and their most experienced corner transfer in the, in the past month or two months, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then they're, they're starting defensive tackle. A guy named Brady Reif, or Reef, I don't know how to pronounce that. He was uh, eight days ago suspended for public intoxication, suspended for game one mm-hmm. against Northern Illinois. And, okay. then, and then we had an uh, offensive tackle, Tristan Whiff, starter. These are all starters, by the way. Uh, he got a DUI yesterday, so he's suspended now for, hmm. for the first game. You're talking, uh, that's a lot of bodies in there. That's a lot of experience gone, and you're going to be playing. I'm telling you, Northern Illinois is no slouch. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. I saw that spread at 13 and a half initially, and I loved it. I think with some of these arrests and transfers, it's dropped down to 11 or 11 and a half. It's I getting still, kind of thin. Yeah, I still think that's going to be a dogfight, man. That game is going to be a dogfight. Absolutely. You don't think there's some territorial like uh, pride going on there? Northern Illinois can't be that far from Iowa. Exactly. Right? Can't can't be. Can't be. Or Iowa City. Sorry. Yeah. Um, this is actually kind of funny because, and a little not surprising because, from what I understand, the more rural the area, the more likely you are to get into some drugs and alcohol abuse. You know, so you got these fucks out in Iowa City. You know, nothing <laughs> now, better to now, do with their did time. Did you form this opinion yourself, or is this just? <laughs> I actually had a boss that went to the University of Iowa. Okay. Good guy. Ugly divorce. Still like the guy. Anyway. Ugly divorce with, between you. He fired me because I started bitching at one of the other <laughs> other employees. <laughs> Shit happened. Still okay. a good guy though. That's what I like about really you, good man. guy. You really, really good th- guy. you think about this. See, me, I don't know that I could be that. Oh, he's a great guy. He's, you know? he's a little bit of a bitch, but yeah, he, he's a good guy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I think he actually confirmed that. There's a lot of like serious drugs out there in the cornfields, like okay. meth and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking whatever. I've been heroin. to, I mean, look, uh, you, we're in Los Angeles and, and I'm sure there's drugs everywhere, but uh, I, you go to San Bernardino, about 45 minutes, an hour and a half, something like that. That town is uh, a huge meth town. Yeah, and everyone kind looks of like uh, lizards out there. Exactly, it's basically Breaking Bad. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but anyway, I, I thought that was noteworthy that they have all these players that are going to be gone or suspended, and uh, you know we still have another month, so there could be more coming. Uh, I also thought, did you see my my, my friend? Not my friend, but uh, David Shaw's comments at Stanford. Ah, uh, I saw the headline. I didn't get into that article. He was basically saying that the 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 uh, if you want to call it playoff committee, I don't I I don't really call that a playoff. The invitational committee, right? Uh, they he or he called them out for saying they don't look at schedules. And he said last year USC played eleven games, no bye week, no uh, FCS opponent, and they did not reward them for that. Right, and I thought, hey, you know what? I wrote this article on Sports Gambling Podcast, maybe in uh, late May uh, or, or mid May, about breaking down how the conference scheduling. Everyone wants to talk shit, you know, especially w- with the Pac-12. But I'm saying also the, the the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. They play nine conference games, and uh, a lot of those schools, Texas, one uh, USC. There, there's there's a, there's a select bunch of schools that don't even and in, in the Big Ten that you can't even play. I've never opponent. played an FC yeah. team. FCS team ever. And then you look at you look at a team like Florida this year playing two FCS opponents. That's pathetic. Yeah, or or a team like Arkansas that plays no group of fives. So they play an eight game or no schedule. No power five. Yeah, I'm Out sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. No power five. So they play eight conference games, and then they're just ducking a power five. Yeah. And and I just I have a huge issue with that. But I loved how you're David a Shaw fucking SEC up. super SEC team, and yeah. you just bullshit. 
Dude, how about Auburn? Auburn playing an FCS school and then Liberty also. The team that <laughs> the team that was FCS last year. Right. Just just Dude, pathetic. What what we need to do, what we need to see, and we've talked about this before, is these now the problem is they're super fucking talented, these SEC teams. But they have some way, which also I think I've come to realize is a, a, state, advantage, right? a statement yeah. about their talent level is that they win close games that they shouldn't, like miraculous wins that they're getting their ass kicked and they come out with a win. But either way, assuming that maybe that's just been a long trend and the SEC finally gets their the horseshoe out of their asshole and they lose those games that they should lose, then they're going to have to schedule a little tougher because their yeah. scheduling is complete yeah. horseshit. Well, and also I think it's that you have a, a, a lot of them play neutral site games. Like Alabama's played two away games in, in, Alabama's in, a in 11 or 12 Alabama's years. Alabama's the, yeah. the exact example of like two at a conference away games, not just two away games. But they, they, they schedule a neutral site game, which is normally really close to them. And, uh, you know, like, dude, I, you know, okay. yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta or this year. Orlando. Talking, Orlando, yeah. Right. But, I mean, look, there's no denying Alabama's talent. I'm not shitting on that. I'm just saying. They don't give you a chance for the upset. You know what I mean? When you schedule nine conference games, first off, you get one, potentially one more road game. Yeah. And then they're still scheduling power five teams. So these teams are getting essentially. So what Alabama does is do an eight, an eight game conference schedule and then a neutral site game very close to them against a power five. So they're playing basically nine power five schools. And then a lot of times they play shit uh, group of five schools, right? Yeah. Like this year, I think it's Louisiana uh, Lafayette who won like four games last year, right. right? And then they also get the Citadel, right? It's like, come on. Right. N- now, when you compare that to USC, and, and once again, I'm saying Alabama's better than USC, but I'm just saying USC plays nine conference games. So already one more conference game, one more Power Five opponent. Right. And then they also play Notre Dame and Texas. And oh. then their third and, fi- and then their, their third at a conference game is UNLV, who won five and seven. Look, UNLV is a lot better than the Citadel. Right. Look, you're talking about, okay, if USC won all of their, and which they did in the mid-2000s, like, if they won all of the games they were supposed to win and won a lot of their, like, big close games and then just took the rest of their schedule off, they would be doing exactly what Alabama does. And what that does is it enables you to, like, formulate your, and Alabama's mastered their schedule, like, take a bye week or the equivalent of a bye week before every big game. And it just puts them yeah. in the position and, and of a great spot. Always and, and it's, being and, and, in the playoffs. And it's more than Alabama. It's if you go through, it's a, a lot of these sec schools. And like I said, I'm not, look, I hate USC. I'm not saying I like USC. I'm just saying when you study all of these conferences and you see that advantage, another thing, like I said, USC playing at Notre Dame or at a Texas, so much harder to win than a neutral site game. You know that that's close to your home. Right. You know what Fucking I mean, like playing Michigan and Dallas, in, in, yeah, or Tempe. You know what I mean, right. like uh, it, it's just a huge advantage. But uh, I like David Shaw's comments because I was glad to see. Because to me, no one speaks up about that stuff. And I, I when you really break it down, it, it's kind of amazing. It seems a huge advantage to me. It just seems like a, just a blatantly huge advantage. Right. And uh, and uh, yeah. So anyway, we're gonna break into. Uh, into the Conference USA, but before we break into the Conference USA, we should note that Scott Frost had someone break into his home and steal all hey of his yo. stuff. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a loser. I think they stole a... Dude, isn't he supposed to be like the mayor of Nebraska now? Right. And someone's breaking in? That's right. got to be a drug-related crime. Speaking of the, mayor speaking of of the, the middle of nowhere, state. that's a meth-related crime where they're going to sell his, his, his national championship, championship rings, rings and... <laughs> yeah, get a fix. Get a quick yeah. fix. But, uh, okay, so starting with the, the American Conference, the... 
You can't start with the American Conference without mentioning. We're going alphabetical, guys, and I still, even though they're known as UCF, I still don't say they are. They don't start with the U. They start with the C, and that is the national champion. Central Florida Golden Knights. I had a guy tweet me today saying it's not the Golden Knights. They changed that a couple years ago. Well, you know what? I don't give a shit. They're the Golden Knights to me, and I hate when these colleges keep changing names every five years. It's like, come on. What, right? are they the Knights now? They're just the Knights, apparently. A lot less swag. Well, did they get rid of gold? No. So then they're still the Golden Knights. Jesus. What is this? They still what? have gold uniforms. They're they still have a gold, gold helmet. <sighs> Why do they got to make it this complicated? But anyway, the Golden Knights, the reigning national champions, the lone undefeated team from a year ago. Well, they got a new coach, Pat. A guy named Josh Heupel. Yes. We talked, this, uh, we talked about this briefly on the, uh, the first episode of the college experience when we went through the new coaching hires. I like the hire, but I will say, I don't know how much it will translate in year one. He's breaking in a new offense. Uh, the good news is, Okay, only 11 starters back, but they get Mackenzie Milton back. And he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Great decision-making. Uh, but they lost some, some big pieces. They, they uh, just recently had a safety, Trey Neal, who grad transferred to join Frost at Nebraska. That was a big one, big loss. They lost a lot of players on the defense. Obviously, Shaq Griffin, uh, Hughes, the cornerback. Um, but... They still got tons of offensive talent. You might even talent. say with Shaq Griffin, they're shorthanded. Ooh, Hello. there we go. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, got, they got Milton back, obviously, big-time QB. The, the running back position is looking good with, uh, with Hamilton and Otis Anderson. They got an Ole Miss transfer, Trey Nixon, coming in at wideout. I like this team still. But then you look down and, and you see what Vegas says, and you see over and under set at nine. That's a lot. Did I hear a niner in there? That's a lot. That's a Tommy Boy reference, but I'm saying, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think the jury's still out, but uh, let's just go through. Uh, let's see what you thought here, Pat. Uh, first four games. At UConn, that's a win. Home to South Carolina State, that's a win. At North Carolina, what do you have that one as? So it's getting a little tough. Um, I think I gave that one a 50-50, but, you know, honestly, I would lean toward UCF. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I just think you know I don't know. Heupel's bringing in a new offense. They lost some defensive pieces. I gave that one when I when I looked at this first four and the fourth game would be home to Florida Atlantic. I just said, all right, I can see the North Carolina as a 50-50 game. It's a road game. I'm going to favor North Carolina 51 percent. Mm-hmm. Central Florida 49. And then I said, okay, they beat Florida Atlantic, but I could even see Florida Atlantic shocking. Yeah, I think I came out of that with a 3-1 start, too. So I'm thinking 3-1, we agree there. Okay. Then you look at the next four. Home to Pitt. I got that as a win. They're going to beat Pitt in Orlando. I I agree. Then home to SMU, that's a win. At Memphis, I think that's a loss. I think (sighs) it's a 50-50 game, but I'm saying Memphis lost twice last year, and the way they lost that second game, the conference championship. I think I agree with you. I think Memphis is going to bite them. In uh, mu- the Music City, and then they got East. They're at East Carolina. That's a win. So I think three and one again. So you're at six and two, right? And then you got the final four games. They got a bye week. Then they're home to Temple and home to Navy. I think definitely they they win. Uh, I think they beat Temple. I don't know about the Navy. I mean, could, could, I could see them losing one of those. You think they get bitten in one of those three games? T- 
home games, Temple, Navy, and uh, Cincy. I think they beat Cincinnati for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's just give them the three. And <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. At South Florida, I think South Florida's going to beat them. Once again, revenge game from last year. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. So I, I actually have them losing to Templar Navy also. So, so I'm going to say they go 8-4 and four under Josh Heupel, and they have a solid year. But I don't think, you know, some people out there are already thinking, oh, man, they're, they're going to be money again. You know, like money in the bank, 12-0. and 0. Uh, Well, actually, we'll address that in a little bit. But what do you have, over or under, Pat? I got them exactly at 9-3. and three, But if I had to guess whether they would fall on one side or the other, I would say they're going to get the over. I think I – think Okay, you think the team got that's the magic. that talented, Josh Heupel's got a, a, a nice pedigree on his resume. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. I, I just don't. I'll be honest. It's one of the t- the one of the teams in the country I really am looking forward to watch. Right, watching because uh, uh, Scott Frost is a, a humongous part of their success. Yeah, and then also Heupel. I, I think I, you know I was a Heupel fan when he was at Oklahoma. I just don't really know what to expect. I don't know if he's going to live up to the yeah Heupel. Oh, <laughs> you're on it tonight. Hello. <laughs> All right, so moving along, we cover the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, let me tell you something. I know this Pat guy next to me. I know Patty C, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a soft spot in his heart for the Cincinnati Bearcats football and basketball programs, right. I believe. Uh, so I know, you're, you know me and you kind of already, I think, got into this a little bit. We were talking off, off, uh, off mic, and uh, I, I like some of these. I, I think you're giving Fickle a little bit too hard of a time. Luke Fickle enters his second year at Cincinnati. Year one, he goes four and eight. But, you know, things are going to get better in year two. I mean, year one's always tough on any coach. He's got five starters only coming back on offense, but he does have a senior quarterback in Hayden Moore, who uh, apparently is still battling uh, retro freshman Ben Bryant for the quarterback spot. Uh, they do add an uh, Ohio State transfer on the O-line. Defensively, they're bringing back seven, also adding in a Boston College transfer on the D-line. I mean, it's year two. The team's got to be better than it was the previous year. And I look at the over-under that Vegas sets, and I see four. Right. Uh, now, this is where I know we disagree. Is I think Cincinnati's going to give UCLA a game week one. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a straight blowout, but I think UCLA's going to control that game. It's going to be a close game. <laughs> I think UCLA might prevail, but I love the points in Cincinnati. Take the points in Cincinnati, but... <laughs> Okay, so but I look over and under at four. At UCLA, we both see his loss. Uh, then you break down their home to Miami, Ohio. Uh, that's, and that's not even a true home game. That's a game at the Cincinnati Bengals Stadium. Paul Brown. Yeah, which is still in Cincinnati, so I guess that's a home game. I don't know what the hell they're doing there. But uh, who do you got in that one? That's a closer game than it should be, but I'm going to give that to Cincinnati. I think I gave this to Miami, Ohio. Ooh. Oh, no, no. No, actually, I think I gave Ohio the other one. Sorry. They're going to go two and two in the first four because after that, it's Alabama A&M in Cincinnati, and then it's home to Ohio. So I think they beat Miami, Ohio, and, and Alabama A&M. They lose to UCLA and Ohio. They're two and two, which is already great if you're betting the over on Cincinnati. Listen, I think they're going to go three and one in the first four. Oh, well, that, well you're a homer, buddy. I am a homer. Yeah. So, so I'm an unabashed. So their one loss is, is UCLA. That's what you have. Yes. Okay. Wow. So you haven't beaten Solich. Solich that's and right. your boy at quarterback, yeah, Nathan right. Rourke. Right? Nathan Rourke, my homie. But sorry, buddy. I've you know the, the Bearcats are bound to come up. They have 
a spot. The Bobcats. In the Big 12, just waiting for them. You know, they <laughs> just, just have just to. Just reach like, out and grab it. That's right. Grab that <laughs> brass ring. Uh, uh, okay, hold on. So, we, so two and two, and then the, the, you break down the next four at UConn. That's a winnable game. Home to Tulane. I got them losing that one. They get a bye. They're at Temple. That's a loss. Home to SMU. I don't, I mean, no, I'm sorry. Not home to SMU. That's at SMU. I am going to go with, they're going to get one there. No, I'm going to give them two. They're going to get two. They're going to go two and two right there. So they're going to be four and four. Man. I I think they're going to be SMU and UConn. Listen, I have this team winning like two and a half to three of these games right here. (laughs) Wait, you have them like going undefeated? What, what, (laughs) what do you got going on over there? Uh, they're gonna beat UConn. They're gonna. I got them beating UConn. Stores. I, the by the way, that's stores. gonna be a close game, though. That's yeah, that's, that's a twenty-three twenty game right there. <laughs> Fickle kind of sucks. He's only been there one year, man. All right, listen. He was at Ohio State for a year. I don't give a rat's ass that you know it was a little tumultuous kind of transition year. What did uh homeboy Jim Trussell, Adolf Hitler hair uh, do before? He was like. 502 and then Urban Meyer comes in and goes 502 and Fickle kind of sucked. Fickle went six and six and lost to Michigan the only time in like the last 15 years. So and then he comes in and shits the bed after like 10 straight coaches. Well, I guess what's his name? Tupperville kind of shit the bed his final year. You know what I mean? But but final few years. Yeah. yeah. Well, they beat Miami one of those years. So I think that's that's just a win. They went like seven and six. It's it's a season maker right there. Uh so so I got him. I got him. I got him over two though. Yeah, right I, there. I got him six and two. Although I see them. Uh, I got him at five and seven. Losing three of their last four there. So I got him finishing seven and five. I think the Bearcats uh, wow. make a little jump. Wow. But take into account who's who's saying that this? I'm a huge homer. So. Uh, and this is why you and listen. I also hate Ohio State, and I think that they need another. Power five team to uh, challenge them, so that's why I'm thinking. Especially with uh, what Ohio State is traditionally like the fourth most, fourth or fifth most talented state in the entire country, and they can manage to prop up one fucking power five team. They have like yeah. eleven yeah. or twelve million people in their state. It's a huge state, and they're like, it's yeah. it's almost like they're it's a big circle jerk in Ohio, and like they just won't even challenge themselves and threaten like Ohio State's glory by propping up another team when they clearly could. So. Yeah. Let's give Cincy a crack, but you can see you can see what's going on there. The I, I see I see five and seven, and I don't even think it's a very strong bet. But Pat will tell you that uh, he likes this play a lot. So if you trust Pat, see you're going to get a preview of my. Uh, you'll see just in a little bit. I'll bring it back up. But uh, moving along, stay away from that one. I'm I'm biased. Yeah. Okay. Moving along, we uh, have a team that is just, uh, well, just. Absolute dog shit recently, but I, I'm ex- I'm actually a little bit excited. I was reading an article actually about this coach uh, in his second stint, and we're talking about the UConn Huskies and Randy Edsel, who's in his second stint at UConn. Last year was his first year back, and when he left, the program went to shit. He comes back. Now last year they went three and nine, uh, which obviously is not good. But you got to remember that this guy's got to you got to let it. He's got to build it again. He's got to build it again. And I, the article I was reading said that he's already been recruiting fairly well, and they think two more years. They think yeah. year four for him. Yeah. They could be. With these, like, hard-ass disciplinarian types that you don't just come in and, like, bring in ten five-star transfers with your little, like, dirty recruiting game and yeah. instantly become a contender, 
you build something solid, and then all of a sudden you're a consistent well, eight well, nine win team. You, you remember his first stint? He went to a BCS game. Incredible. Yeah, at UConn. They, I mean, they beat Notre Dame, and and then the, well, the BCS game they played Oklahoma and lost. Right. But I'm saying they still went to a BCS game. That's pretty to do that at a team that I don't. I think UConn didn't even have a football program 20 or 30 years ago. I think you know they were I mean? FCS. Like, or, like no, maybe that's what they were. They were right. FCS. Uh, just a great job. So I'm excited to see what he can do in in, in the second stint. But this year. They returned seven offensive starters, including uh, their quarterback, David Pindell. Uh, breaking in a new offensive coordinator, but defensively, they're only bringing back two starters. That's not very good, but they, they are bringing in a, uh, a Miami-Florida grad transfer at linebacker. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the article I read said they're a few years away. So uh, we know that they're a few years away, but the over-under that Las Vegas uh, set is three and a half. And you break down the schedule, you go, okay, well, let's break it down in fours. Home to Central Florida, Thursday night, August 30th, I think it is. They're going to get their ass beat, <laughs> right? Yes. I still, I still like UConn in the points, though. I think it's something crazy. Uh, week two doesn't get any better. You go to Boise State. You're going to get just absolutely destroyed. Then you come back to good old New Haven, and you get Rhode Island from the FCS level. That's your first win. Feel good about everything. Then you go to the Carrier Dome, take on Syracuse. You're going to lose that game probably. Syracuse always lays an egg, though. But most likely, they're going to lose that game. One and three. I'm trusting Babers to do something soon. You have them one and three, too, though, right? Yeah, one and three. Okay. Move along to the next four. Home to Cincinnati, which we just said we have Cincinnati winning. At Memphis, that's a loss. They get a bye week before they're at South Florida, but that's a loss. And then they're home to UMass, which I actually am kind of high on this UMass team. So I'm going to go ahead and say they lose to UMass as well. I think I give them the win against UMass, but Colby, Colby is, is, you know, he's up, he's hip to UMass. I, 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 I like what they're doing at the Minutemen and we'll preview them shortly as we cover the independence on the next episode. But I got UMass winning that game. So uh, I still have them sitting at a nice uh, one and seven there. And then they're at Tulsa. That's a loss. Then they're home to SMU. That's a win. I got them upsetting SMU. It's going to be late November in New Haven. Trust me, some kids from Dallas, Texas don't want to go to some snow filled. Kobe did mention that now. I recall. I am convinced on that as well. They're going to upset that. They're going to upset the Mustangs. Get their second win of the season. They could win that Cincinnati game too. At East Carolina, I think uh, that's a fifty-fifty game. I would actually yeah. kind of favor ECU because yeah. of uh, it being in Greenville. Overall, I see a three and eight season. I look I, well. I just told you I see two wins, but I, they could get a third. So I'll, I'll say three and eight. I say I like the under here, which I actually think I projected the over initially, and I think I'm switching it to the under. Based on that, Pat. There it is, and I am right there with you. Okay. They're going to have a tough little run of it. You seem really excited about UConn football. Oh, man. Let me tell you. I mean, the Huskies are just legends. What happened to to Dan Orlovsky? Remember him in the NFL when he ran out of bounds? (laughs) On the Lions? He didn't even... Oh, did he run out of the... Was he the the one that ran out of the back of the end? Yes, he didn't even realize... (laughs) He like ran like four yards out of it. It's like, buddy, are we in the fucking yeah, CFL? Dude, here? that was hilarious, man. He's still like, yeah, he's like back by the stands and he's still, he doesn't even realize it. Right. Oh, man, what a fucking, what a, what a guy. What a loser. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving along. Okay. Now, this is where 
So we've, we we agreed on on what everything except for Central Florida. You went over, I went under. We agree on Cincinnati being over, even though you have a, a much greater ceiling for Cincinnati than myself. Cincinnati's winning the national championship, and and we're going under on on UConn, and then we get to a place that's near and dear to my heart, Greenville, North Carolina, and my East Carolina Pirates. Colby Pat- has had. Many debaucherous moments of his life spent in this beautiful town. Let me tell you something about East Carolina, guys. If you don't know, uh, I am a diehard East Carolina football fan. And, uh, you know, they have a great football following there. It's unfortunate what's happened the past two years under Scotty Montgomery. He's just 6-18 mm. and 18 in, the, in two years. You didn't catch last year's game against the Dukes. I did catch that January. game when the Dukes. Uh, I think we were at I the bar like together. Dude, I couldn't even. Kobe wouldn't even. Yeah, we wouldn't even bring yeah, it up. Yeah. It just, <laughs> I'm like, how are they like this bad on defense? Like, just. Well, anyway, continue. Well, here's Sorry. what makes it worse. As a fan, honestly, like if you guys don't know, Greenville, North Carolina has a strong, strong football following. Like they, they, they sell out games. You know what I mean? Like they, they really do. They have a great home crowd. And that's what's a dagger to all this is for over 30 years or 40 years, they've, they've ran a, a pretty good program, you know, considering Pat Dye, the old Auburn coach, you want to go from there to, uh, you know, I don't know if you want Ruffin McNeil or, or Skip Holtz or, or Steve Logan. They've had a, a great program from Ernest Biner to, to Jeff Blake to David Garrard. Oh, they've had a lot of yeah. talent. Chris yeah, Johnson. Chris Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so it really bothered me when they fired Ruffin McNeil after one losing season in, in, in I think four or five years, fucking yeah. idiots. <laughs> they, check us out. They fired him. He went five and seven. First off, five and seven with a win against Virginia Tech that year, right? right. But noting that before the season started, about a week before the season, their starting quarterback tears his ACL out for the year. So they had to. They went with their backup quarterback, five and seven, and they had some bad breaks. They honestly had some bad breaks, but. And I don't even mean the injuries. I'm talking about the, the season. You know what I mean? But they still beat Virginia Tech. That was a ranked team. Right. And you, that was his only losing season, Pat. And they fire him. Yeah. And guess what? You know who his offensive coordinator was? It was a guy named Lincoln Riley. Hmm. Doing all right. Doing all right. footnote there. Now, Lincoln Riley goes to Oklahoma. You know who he, you know who he hires? Who's Ruffin that? McNeil. Look Coaches at that. on the defense. Oh, the ironicalness. Um, yeah. That was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. ECU kind of got maybe into its own head about how high their ceiling was. Well, it's actually one athletic director who's a complete piece of shit, and he's, he's been fired, actually. He's already been fired. He got fired this offseason, which makes me think that Scotty Montgomery is the next to go because uh, I can't wait for this, this to end. We're so, uh, dude, last year, last year, last year, we, we, we just, it's not even going three and nine it's the way you're losing just getting absolutely annihilated. Dude, i think memphis scored 70 on us or something you know mm-hmm. what i mean like just brutal and, and this look, is a team that probably has the best fan base in the state of north carolina yeah and you a could big ar- state you could argue i know that this, that now the central florida's coming up you could argue that one of the best fan bases in the american conference right yeah uh it's just annoying but anyway okay so look their starting quarterback who is going to be a senior this year gardner Minshew, trent Transfers, grad transfers to Washington State and Mike Leach. Perfect for Scotty Montgomery. Uh, this is supposedly still his best team, even with that. Uh, he's gonna, I mean, I don't know. The offense brings back five, led by their star wideout, Trayvon Brown. This guy isn't actually a legit beast wide receiver. 
Defensively, they bring back seven, including Auburn, former Auburn corner Tim Irvin. He's related to Michael Irvin. But uh, let's just be honest, guys. This I don't know if that's a good thing. You're bringing seven starters back on a defense that was the worst in all of college football last year. I am not being sarcastic. It was the worst defense in all of college football last year. Vegas has the over-under total at three. And this is where I, I was trying to make a note of when Pat was high on Cincinnati because he's a homer. Mm-hmm. I am not high on East Carolina. I, I actually went with the under here because I can't see three wins. Uh, they start out against North Carolina A&T, who just happened to go 12-0 and last year and win the Black College Football Championship, National Championship, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, that same, they also beat Charlotte, which was an, which was an uh, FBS team too at Charlotte. They're 40-8 and in the past four years, Pat. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Is that what it's called, the Black College Football National I don't know. <laughs> well, look, because they're FCS, but they're not a part of the playoff. Right. So I actually think it is the Black. There is like a, yeah, a kind of they played a, there. They played yeah. Grambling, but okay, they're, they're, they went 12-0, and 0, though. Of course, East Carolina schedules this team. Last year, East Carolina schedules James Madison. I don't, know that I don't know that East Carolina can win this game. Obviously, I think they have more talent. Montgomery's been recruiting fairly well. But I can tell you the game scares the hell out of me because you, this team beat yeah. Charlotte at Charlotte last year. Why are you fucking year? around with yeah. the best team in the division yes. below you? Yes, exactly. Uh, so I'm going to go and still give that a win to ECU, even though I, I tread lightly on that one. Right. ECU just gets too much talent for the, that to be like, to be losing games like that. It's ridiculous. Then they're home to North Carolina. That's a loss. North Carolina might put up 100 on them, right? Yes. Then they're at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's going to beat them by 50, mm-hmm. right? Then they're at South Florida. Uh, South Florida's going to beat them by 30, <laughs> right? Then they're home to Old Dominion. For some reason, Vegas has this as an ECU win. I happen to like what Old Dominion and head coach Bobby Wilder is doing down there. I think Old Dominion is going to win that game. I, I put you, this one at 50-50. I don't even think that. I think Old Dominion is a better team. They started a 17-year-old freshman last year. They have a much better head coach. I think Old Dominion, the only advantage East Carolina has is East Carolina's playing in Greenville. And East Carolina, even with Scotty Montgomery, they seem to win one game a year they shouldn't win. Like the NC State game two years ago, you know what I mean? Or last year, even BYU, and BYU was 4-9. and nine, But I still thought a game against BYU, there's, we don't belong in a, in a game like that. Uh, so I, I don't have us beating Old Dominion. Then you go to at Temple, that's a loss. Home to Houston, that's a loss. Home to Central Florida, that's a loss. Uh, I mean, Pat, do you have wins here? What do you, I mean, what, I, I got them. The final two games of the year are UConn and Cincinnati. I think there's, that's their chance to get three, but I, I would side on them losing at Cincinnati, so I think the under here is the play. When you look at that game against Cincinnati, you look at the score. I don't know that I got the chance to watch that game, but <laughs> I don't know that you wanted the chance. Yeah, to exactly. Watch that game. <laughs> uh, Forty-eight to twenty. Um, so, and you're going to Cincinnati. Not that there's a huge home field advantage there. Um, yeah, I think that's potentially winnable. But when I looked at this schedule, game one in the first four, I think I had it fifty-fifty against Old Dominion, um, and then. I gave them the win against UConn at home. Yeah, I like that kind of. As and a, then yeah. I gave them maybe like another 50-50 crack between at Tulane and at Cincy. What, did you go over or under? Totaling though? three. I think if I had to uh, pick one, I think Vegas did a good job on picking this one at, right at three, but I would take the under if I had to. 
Yeah. I mean, look, the, the defense is that it's Montgomery's third year. His players are in, in, in play. Uh, he's recruited fa- fairly well, actually, uh, better than McNeil, if it, but I don't buy into recruiting rankings as much as some people. Uh, Yours truly. Uh, so, I mean, maybe they win a couple games. I don't know. I just don't really see it. But And I'm actually kind of hoping because I want him to get fired. I want us to hire Jim Levitt or Greg Schiano or, 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 you know, Skip Holtz or somebody. We need to make Nick moves. Saban. <laughs> no, I don't want that bum. All right. All right. Now, moving along. This one, Pat. I think, I think, I don't know. Are you How a do you fan? pronounce this? Houston Cougars. My, my, he's referring to my father that says Houston instead of Houston, <laughs> just like he says Chicago instead of Chicago. <laughs> and I'm sure there's many other cities out there he could butcher if you give him the opportunity. Uh, the Houston Cougars. Cougars. <laughs> Cougars. Uh, all right. Major Applewhite entering year two in Houston, seven and five last season. Kind of a little bit of a dip, but they lost some close games. Uh, they also had some quarterback problems. They had an A&M transfer, Kyle Allen, who left school early to go to the NFL and did not get drafted. Idiot. Uh, but he also probably left school because the backup, Derek King, played much better than him. So they kind of found their guy, Derek King, last year. And uh, Applewhite then made a decision to, to bring in a new OC. Hired Art Bryles' son, Kendall Bryles, who was the OC of... Uh, Florida Atlantic last year, and they lit it up. I love that hire. He was the OC at Baylor under Bryles when they were doing very cool things. Uh, not referring to football. <laughs> no, definitely referring to football. Not referring to anything I know, else. I know. I'm fucking with you. Um, <laughs> but also, they bring in some some uh, quarterback insurance policy, getting the transfer grad transfer, Quentin Dormandy. You don't need to say sorry, buddy. I feel bad. I'm just shitting on everyone over here. Another, another everyone's, thing. They, everyone's good people. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being an asshole. Okay. All right, the bourbon's talking. Jesus. Yeah, I know. Uh, they, they, they also bring in running back uh, a Baylor transfer in Terrence Williams. It's fitting he's back with his OC. Uh, they also bring in a Utah grad transfer at wideout and Raylon Wood or uh, Raylon Williams, uh, Raylon Singleton. And defensively, well, they just might have the best player in all of college football. Pat, defensive tackle named Ed Oliver. May have uh, heard of him. Might be the first pick of the draft. If not first pick, he will go top five. I'm getting, this is insane, but a little Heisman buzz about this. Well, guy. what I love about this is you see they're going to use him on offense. Well, that, that's probably where it comes in. At, at media day, Major Applewhite says we're going to put him at the fullback or the tight end spot and just try, and I'm loving it. I'm, I am loving it. That's why I want have to tune into Houston it. football. Uh, defensively, they, 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 they return some great pieces and they also add in a TCU and uh, Notre Dame transfer. Uh, this one kind of shocked me. The over under Vegas had it at seven and a half. And I can tell you based upon Derek King being a year older and based upon Art Brow's son, Kendall Brow's coming in. And I think the defense is pretty loaded. I like the over here a lot. I think it's one of yeah. the better bets. You can do so far in the it's American. It's a pretty manageable schedule they got here, too. Yeah. I mean, you break the schedule down in fours. You went over two, Pat, right? I went over, for sure. Okay. I think I went strongly over. Yeah, you, yeah me too. Me too. You break the, these down at Rice week one. Rice is uh, absolutely terrible. That's a win for Houston. Home to Arizona. Uh, I'll put it like this. Houston won at Arizona last year, so now Arizona's breaking in a new coach, and they have to travel to Houston. I would kind of favor Houston. 
Uh, so I'm going to say 2-0 and there. At Texas Tech, now that's a tricky game because they lost last year in a very close game, very shitty close game, if I recall correctly. But uh, I think that's still a winnable game. Absolutely. And then they're home to Texas Southern. I think they could be 4-0. They're going to be 3-1 and one or 4-0, and oh, I think. I got them coming out 3-1, and one just, okay, just and, at, but that's being tough on yeah. them. Yeah, Lubbock, Lubbock is a tough place to win sometimes. Yeah. Uh, then they, they're done with Texas Southern. They get a bye, and they're home to Tulsa. I got them winning that, even mm-hmm. though that's a revenge game because Tulsa whooped their ass last year. Then they're at East Carolina. That's a win. And then they're at Navy, which actually is a tricky game because Navy kind of gives them fits. Remember, they, remember the year they were undefeated or something, and they went into Navy? And Greg Ward, it was like a fifty, it was like a fifty-seven, fifty-two game. But Navy beat him. Navy beat him. Yeah, uh, and it was in the cold. It was in. It was like late. It might have been late October, early November. But that, that 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 that's a tricky game. That's a tricky Games game. October twentieth. It might start to get nippy in Maryland. Then you would think though that Ed Oliver and stuff could really hurt that uh, option attack. But I I don't know. Do you give that a for sure win to to Navy? I mean, or I'm sorry, to Houston. I don't know. I think that's like a 50-50 game. Yeah, and then they're home to South Florida. Now, I have them beating South Florida in Houston. It's the Navy game that scares me there. Uh, mm. I think I have them, if I recall, coming out probably 3-1 and one from that stretch as well. Okay, so if we both go 3-1, and one, so they're 6-2. and two, Then they're at SMU, home to Temple, home to Tulane, and at Memphis. I got them sweeping that board there. Mm, I got them losing to Memphis at home. I got them winning or 10 games. on the road, rather. Sorry. Yeah, I got them winning 10 games. Maybe nine. The Navy game could bite them. But I like the over for sure here. I, yeah, look, even if they lose to Navy, Memphis, and Texas Tech, which I think are all winnable games, that's nine and three. So that could, you could still have a loss to, to, to a Ford. You could still, they could still lose to, a, I don't know, you know. I mean, this team's yeah. absolute floor. Seems like seven wins. Yeah. So seven and a half is like yeah. what Vegas has him at. That seems real yeah. low. I love the play here. And like I said, they got depth. So even if Derek King gets injured, they got Dormady to transfer from Tennessee. I, I really like it. I, I like everything about it. I love the offensive coordinator hire. So yeah, I think that's actually one of the better plays of uh, the American. One of, better, one of the better plays of all of our uh, picks, really. Yeah. I, I really like that's that. That's pretty, yeah. pretty damn low. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So moving along, we go to the... Memphis Tigers. But before we dive into the Memphis Tigers, Pat, I want you guys out there to dive into MyBookie. The college experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Sign up over at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SGP50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. You know what it is, guys. You play. You win. You get paid over at MyBookie.ag. Cha-ching. Boom. Go get your money. Now, if you want to go get your money... And your Pat Commerce, or, or, or I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Patty C. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what you do. You, you go over to Memphis and, and you bet. I'm sorry, you go over to my book, AG, and you, you bet on Memphis, right? Because I think you're high on Memphis, buddy. I am. I'm quite high on Memphis. Okay, because look, you got Mike, Mike Norvell, which I, I'll be honest, before we even dive into this, you know, he's, coming, he's in his third season, coming off a 10 and 3 year. I thought he was gone, dude. Yeah. Didn't you think he was gone? I thought for sure he was the head coach of Tennessee or the head coach. I thought Missouri is somehow that guy like recovered. Saved, yeah, right. he recovered. Uh, I mean, but I still thought, I mean, how many other Even schools? like uh, Mississippi State, I yeah. thought he was a better fit. At. Yeah, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Uh, I, I would even think LSU. 
Right. You well, know what we'll I mean? See. Yeah. Uh, he still could <laughs> to be, be continued. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, Florida, even, I mean, we didn't know Mullen would end up there. They did right. good, but I'm saying yeah. a lot of the schools, even in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. this guy was a former Arizona state offensive coordinator. It's, Arizona state hired Herman Edwards over Mike Norvell. <laughs> scratch your head a little bit. Scratch your head. <laughs> the guy has ties to the school. Right. And, and they don't go with them, but okay. So, so uh, he's 18 and eight in his two years at, at Memphis. Uh, he's, I mean, Riley Ferguson, their star quarterback from last year and the former Tennessee transfer. And well, he's gone. He's on, he's in the NFL. He's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Anthony Miller, their best receiver is gone. He's a Chicago bear, but they still return seven starters and they still have a very explosive running back in Daryl Henderson. And then Norvell pulled a classic Norvell move, just like he did with Riley Ferguson coming from Tennessee as he called up his old Arizona state player, Brady white and said, Hey, you're not going to start over Manny Wilkins. You come to Memphis as a grad transfer, and we are going to dominate the American. So, boom, he gets an Arizona State transfer, which, by the way, how about all these Arizona State transfers? You got Blake Barnett at South Florida. You got, you got this Brady White guy at Memphis. Uh, University of Virginia, what's the guy? that uh, Bryce Perkins. Yeah, Bryce Perkins at Virginia is an Arizona State transfer. Yeah. All these guys were there with Manny Wilkins? Jeez, that's four good quarterbacks right. potentially. Four FCS Power Five yeah. starters. How does that happen? Almost Power Five. Yeah. And and yet they were barely making bowl games or, or not making bowl games under, under Todd Graham. Just botching. Looks like he worked at Best Buy. That shitbag coach. <laughs> uh, even though he had a good year last year. Nice flat top. Uh, <laughs> defensively, they're returning eight starters, and they also are adding in a Oklahoma transfer, grad transfer in the secondary. Uh, Vegas sees the win total at eight and a half, Pat. Mm-hmm. I know you're bullish on these Memphis Tigers. I am quite bullish on the Memphis Tigers. I, I, I think I went below. I went under. I still think they're going to be money this year. But yeah. I'm, I saw when I broke this down, I saw eight and four. And I'm going to go through those games with you, man. Colby is proving that he is a bonehead at, at certain <laughs> moments in life. So please, please explain on this schedule, Colby. How you see less than eight wins. Okay. Or less than nine wins. Here we go. They start out with Mercer. That's... Are you giving the L on that one? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's a win. At Navy, I have that as a very questionable game. Mainly because Brady White will only be in his second starting game. Navy runs that triple option. And if you've watched the Navy-Memphis games the past few years, they have been wild ones. I got Navy winning that game. I got that at 50-50 right now. Navy's going to upset them, so they're one and one. And they're home to Georgia State. They get the win against the Panthers. They're two and one. Then they beat South Alabama at home. Three and one. Then they go at Tulane. And you know what Tulane has? They have that same triple option that Navy has that gives you are them fits. Of they your give mind. them fits. And Tulane's going to pull that oh, off. God. And they're going to be three and two. And then they're going to be home to UConn. And they're going to win four and two. Listen, I have listened to Colby hype Tulane. <laughs> For the last the, three weeks, they're gonna yes. without having done my I proper am high research on the on green this wave. Team. I am high on the green wave. Okay, so look, then they, they beat UConn. We we said they're gonna beat Central Florida mm-hmm. at Missouri. I have as a loss. Missouri's got Drew Lockback, senior quarterback. They're gonna win forty two thirty five. I can see that. Okay, yeah. so therefore, at that point, eight games into the season, they are three losses in. Three losses in. I say two. Then you get the bye week. Home to ECU. That's a win. 
Home to Tulsa. That's a win, although I, that could be a scary one. At SMU, that could be a shootout too, right? But the fourth loss comes to Houston, and Houston goes to play for the conference championship. I'm revealing my cards early, and I'm sorry, but this team is going eight and four. And you think they're going what? You think what do you got? Twelve and zero too. You got them in Cincinnati both going. What is it? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Big twelve, just dial it up right now. <laughs> You're gonna need it. Uh, I think I got them at like nine and a half wins, somewhere between nine and ten. Okay. You know, eight and a half seems really. What low. are your definitive losses? Definitive losses. Quite frankly, I don't see a definitive so you loss said on they, the that, entire so, schedule. So they could actually theoretically go twelve and zero. Theoretically, yes. I think, I mean, when I look at it, they're probably more talented than every team barring maybe Houston on their schedule. Uh, Missouri obviously looks like, especially because it's at Missouri, is is a tough one. I'm going to give them the loss on that one. Houston, just I think they're on equal footing from a talent standpoint as Houston. Given the home game, I give them a slight edge, but that's that's about a 50-50 game too. Um, and then at Navy's a tough game um, because of that triple option. So I'm giving them at least nine. And the Central Florida game. I mean, yeah, on. that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. Maybe I, like I we're, we 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 both agreed on on Memphis winning that on revenge, but I could easily right. still oh, see yeah. them losing. That oh game. Yeah. yeah, Central Florida. Who knows, yeah. man? Maybe yeah. they're just fucking awesome again. Yeah. Uh, so their floors like eight. I could see them winning as many as realistically ten. They're gonna drop a couple somewhere in there, but uh, I would definitely go with the over if I had to put my money on it. Okay. Okay. So we differ there and that's where I am better the than you. hundred dollars uh, I have left in my bank account, <laughs> <laughs> but time I can't wait for college football. Cause I'm about to get rich. <laughs> Not on that one. Uh, now moving along we have, this guy. okay. I mean, look, is there a better coach in the country, Pat? Mm-hmm. The Navy midshipman. Ken Niamato Lolo is back for his 11th season in Annapolis. And after almost getting the Arizona job, but Khalil Tate tweeted out that he does not want to play for this coach. They decide not to hire him. He comes back to Annapolis. And uh, this guy overachieves almost every year. Almost every year. Like we were just mentioning that when they beat Houston, when they had Greg Ward. I mean, come on. That was an amazing win. They should not be beating a team of that caliber. Absolutely. Um, they went seven and six last year, but they smoked. They smoked the Virginia Cavaliers in a bowl game. True. The American representing again, just just taking it to the ACC. Dude, Virginia op- uh, returned the opening kickoff of that game, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> they did not move the ball. Dude, I feel like Navy ran for 12 to 15 yards every play for the rest of the game. <laughs> It's like, why are we playing? What's crazy about that was Bronco Mendenhall, who has traditionally done fairly well against the uh, triple option. Yeah. Because they played Air Force yeah. in New Mexico when he was at BYU. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking into I think I even I think I even favored uh, Virginia to win that because I was like, oh, this guy knows how to stop the triple option. Right. Even Virginia played well against Georgia Tech, I think, the, last year. Or, I think Virginia beat yeah, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. <laughs> right. But uh, I'll blame that one to the month of uh, yeah, the, the bowl Motivational season. issues. But, okay, so Navy just returned just nine starters this year. But during last year's, if you want to call them struggles, they, they, they went seven and six, but they, they, they brought back their quarterback, man. 
or they not even brought back. They found their quarterback. You know who that quarterback is? What's his name? I'm struggling to think about it right now, but he's a beast. Malcolm Perry. There it is. Malcolm Perry. There it is. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, Malcolm Perry, though, is a beast. Though, If you look at the offense the way when he played as opposed to the the quarterback before him, which I can't remember his name right now. It was a white guy. Will something, I feel like. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they return Malcolm Perry. Defense brings back five starters. But this, look, that's what I'm saying. I normally pay great attention to how many returning starters, but I almost feel like with Air Force, with Army, with Navy, they're all, you, that's an underrated. I mean, just you got to throw that out. The it's plug and play. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, so Vegas has the win total at seven. They, but I should note that they play thirteen games, so that improves your bet. Uh, break this down, Pat. What do you got? We're going at Hawaii. I'm giving them the W. Yeah, they're going to destroy that defense. Memphis at home. I think we called this one a fifty-fifty game. I like that. I, I just said that Navy's going to beat them. I did have it as a fifty-fifty, but. Navy is going to pull it off, and mm. you're going to be singing, singing the Navy you're fight singing song, singing the praise <laughs> of Ken Niamatololo once again, right? And you have one more of those bourbons. You're not going to be able to say Niamatololo. I am not sure I can say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they're home to Lehigh. That's a win at SMU. That's a win, but I, I can see that being a crazy game. I can see that being 65-62. Um, Sunny D. I, I got them being 4-0 out, out of the gate. 4-0. You heard it here, Pat. That is generous. Um, that Memphis game is a toss-up. At the very least, I see them at 3-1. Um, they're 4-0, then they get a bye, and then they're at Air Force, and they lose that game. We called it on the Mountain West thing. You got to mm-hmm. you gotta stick to your gotta guns. Stay true. 4-1, yep. then they're home to Temple. And for some reason, Temple gives them shit every year. Mm, Temple's got team. the defense. To really mess with them. Yeah. That's a 50. That's the truth. I'm more scared of the Temple game than I am the Memphis game. Because Temple knows how to play defense against the triple option. Right. Uh, let's just give them the Temple game. It's in Annapolis. I'm going to say. I'm going to say right there. They're 5-1. They're and one. Then they lose to Houston. They lose to Notre Dame. 5-3. and three, You're thinking, oh gosh. My, my bet's really not looking good anymore. No. Not going to happen. At Cincinnati, they come in. They get the, the dub. Right? Mm-hmm, yeah. That's six wins. All they need is one more. Was it? It's seven, right? So you just mm-hmm. need one to push, two to win, to win some money. You're at Central Florida. You lose that game. Then you're home to Tulsa. You destroy that defense. Then you're at Tulane, and you lose at Tulane, Pat. And you wait for the Army-Navy Jeez, matchup. And this year, Army's replacing <laughs> even more. They don't have their star quarterback. They get that win. Navy wins eight football Shoot. games. I like the over. Ken Niamatololo's laughing in your fucking face, Pat. Uh, well, I agree that they beat Army. Let me look at this. I think I had the over on this one, too. Uh, yeah, I did. So we're, we're, let me make sure I have the, the wins that we're seeing here. I'm taking three from the first part. I am taking at least one from the second four games. Puts them at four. And out of those last five games, because like you mentioned, they do play yeah, 13, 13 games. Yeah. Because that road game at Hawaii, um, they are going to beat Cincinnati. They are going to beat Tulsa. They're going to beat Tulane, and then uh, they're going to beat Army. But you don't even realize it. The Tulane game every year it's like twenty-one, you know, seventeen or something. Right. So, so maybe that's more yeah. of a toss-up. 
So I agree. I think they're going to go over. Uh, I actually like this play a lot, actually. I'm not super confident in it, but it does look good. I yeah. think at worst they win seven, right? right? You think they win six? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Navy. Yeah, they're a machine. Yeah. All right, moving along. We only got a few more teams for you if you're, if you're dealing with us here over at the, uh, the college experience as I just click, accidentally click on my iTunes. Uh, but I want to talk about what we're brought to you by. The College Experiences is brought to you by Odd Shark. I want you to head over to oddshark.com to find free picks from their supercomputer and expert writing staff, as well as betting stats and trends that you won't find anywhere else, guys. So follow them on Twitter at oddshark and visit them at www.oddshark.com. They're great people. Come on, you can't. I've surfed the whole web. You can't find better than Odd Shark. As my iTunes pops up and I look at my great album collection of uh, LL Cool J. Pat, uh, um, uh, Pat Benatar. Yeah, oh, I love Pat Benatar too, <laughs> right? Uh, love is a battlefield, Pat. And it lo- is. And, and no one's going to know that more than the SMU Mustangs this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Chad Morris is gone. He's now at Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who can compare? Pat Benatar and SMU Mustangs. Only the Dan Love is a battlefield. And let me tell you, because they're replacing their coach. Chad Morris is at Arkansas now. He said, fuck you, SMU. I'm done with you. I'm going to the SEC. And the the Mustangs, then they're like, okay, who do we bring in as coach? And they find Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes, former coach of Louisiana Tech, former coach of Cal. Had a pretty good career there at both. Last year, he was an offensive analyst for TCU. Didn't even have to move homes. Didn't even have to move that apartment. I don't Convenient. know what. You know, he's right there in Dallas. SMU's he's an efficient in guy. Oh. Uh, so they hire him. I actually think it's a, it's a, it's a good hire. You know what I mean? Uh, he, he brings back six offensive starters, in, including quarterback Ben Hicks. Also adds in a Notre Dame grad transfer at wideout with C.J. Sanders. The offense is going to put up points. We know that. Sonny Dykes always puts up points, Pat. But yes. where, where, where love truly is a battlefield is on that defensive side of the ball. <laughs> they return eight defensive starters, but much like East Carolina. Are they the starters you want to return? Exactly. Exactly. That's a, you're going to end up with a broken heart. <laughs> That's All right. Because uh, we are young. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> heartache to heartache. Uh, oh, man. I don't really know. <laughs> Let's just. What other Let's Pat Benatar well, songs can we break up? Uh, okay, so I was a little shocked when I when I when I looked at the odds when I went on mybookie.ag and I looked at the odds. I saw the over under is at six. Wow. I I then looked at the schedule and I did not see six wins, Pat. Yeah. I sat there and I say, okay. Uh, first four games at North Texas. That's one. That I favor North Texas in a revenge match. They're not breaking in a new coach, but North Texas has Mason Fine. You know what I mean? Like Seth Luttrell is really improving that program. Now, SMU did smoke North Texas last year, so I think the revenge factor helps North Texas. But I got to be honest, that's a 50-50 game almost. I mean, I, I give North Texas 51. I give SMU 49. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh I don't know. SMU is one of the weirdest teams in all of college football. Like, they're pretty much unpredictable in terms of who they what they're going to do who they week could in, be. week yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, I got them losing that one. I think Mason Fine gets it done. Uh, then they're, they're home to TCU, which I just think is just, that's just going to be. Yeah. Dis- there was a time when, what was it, the 
battle for the gridiron or whatever it's called. A little local rivalry. They're both in that Dallas area. And I think when they were both in the same conference, that was a pretty even gridiron matchup. Gridiron Bowl, yeah. Gridiron Bowl. Yeah. Uh, TCU is obviously pulled away. Yeah, they're going to smoke. They're going to smoke them. I mean, and then they're at Michigan, and then they're home to Navy. Uh, so let me just tell you, they're going to be 0-4. Uh, maybe 1-3. But, I mean, look, they're playing four teams. North Texas won nine games last year. TCU won how many games last year, Pat? Ten? Right? Sounds about right. Michigan won nine games. Navy won seven. That's a brutal, brutal first yeah. month of the season. Uh, so one and three or zero oh and four. I, 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 if I, I had to bet, I think zero oh and four. Yeah. yeah. Then they're home to Houston Baptist and they take it out all on them. They score a <laughs> thousand points on Houston, Houston Baptist. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, famous uh, Emmanuel Sanders comes out of nowhere, starts catching passes. He's a former SMU Mustang. That's why you listen to the Danta base. Danta base. Craig knows. James brings his. Shit ass out of the right. you know out of his, his son's locker room. Eric or, Dickerson no. drives up in his right now. what is it? <laughs> his gold. Uh, what kind of car was it again? Mustang or something? Cadillac I, or yeah, some yeah, shit. I think it was a Cadillac. Craig James gets his kid out of the fucking storage. Yeah, unit. <laughs> out of the storage unit, right? He finally breaks in there, gets his son out of the storage unit, and uh, they come back. They score a thousand points on Houston Baptist. Then they're at <laughs> then they're at Central Florida. They get their their shit completely pushed in in Central Florida. All right, they're they're one and five at this point. Then they get a bye. They're at Tulane. That defense can't handle the green wave triple option. Uh, so they're one and six. Then they're home to Cincinnati. That's a winnable game. That's a winnable game. I'm going to say two and six. Then they're home to Houston. Uh, two and seven at UConn. I told you this cold weather is going to get them, right? Hmm. Two and eight. Then they're home to Memphis. Dangerous game. Two and nine, though. And at Tulsa, I think they may be upset Tulsa. Give me, give me, give me. I'll go three and nine. I'll go three to three and a half wins at most. The like, play's at six. Are you kidding that's me? That's ridiculous. I love this play. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm going to go over to my bookie AG right now. I'm going to put a couple hundred bucks. You're talking about with a new Mustangs. coach yeah. in that schedule. Exactly. I know they got a veteran quarterback, but that defense is still as soft as a uh, as as, as baby, Dolly Parton's yeah. left titty, <laughs> as, as baby thighs. As baby thighs. <laughs> uh, uh, moving along. <laughs> Uh, the we both agree on that one though. We're all over that, right? Very much. To the so, under. so that means you, as the listener, needs to go over to mybookie.ag, yeah, spend and, your money, and yeah. make a lot more yes, out of it. Exactly. Yeah. The South Florida Bulls. Uh, I don't know that there's many bulls in South Florida, Pat. Ah, <laughs> oh, bull. Hey, <laughs> see what I did there? Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, Charlie Strong enters year two, and Pat, you know, Pat's a big Charlie Strong guy. I love Charlie Strong. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from, but uh, he he went ten and two in year one, and you know what? That's a hell of a first season. I don't care where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, Quentin Flowers is gone. He's gone, and he was a very talented quarterback for them last year. So Strong went the went the transfer route and brought in Arizona State transfer and former Alabama transfer or five star recruit Blake Barnett. Once again, proving my theory that five star recruits are horseshit. Anyway, uh, or that Alabama has. 50 NFL-ready quarterbacks at any given well, time. Well, when Blake Barnett went to Arizona State, he still did not start. Touche. Boom. And who knows if he would have started at South Florida until Brett Keen got suspended because Brett Keen was penciled in as the starter. True. But he got suspended, and now, Blake Barnett, you're finally getting your chance to ride the bull. All right? Boom. <laughs> Defensively, they're only bringing back five starters. But they did add two Duke transfers. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know you love the hire, Pat, but what are you thinking for year two? Year two, I'm I'm very high on South Florida because the over under. You look at you look at it 
you know, the win total. Vegas says eight and a half. Are you feeling bullish? I'm feeling quite <laughs> bullish on this one. I got to be honest. I am too, actually. Yeah. I hate to agree with you because you're a filthy human. I am. But I agree with you. But they look, they look, look, they start out with Elon. Elon's actually a decent FCS It's a school. pretty manageable schedule. Yeah. But they're going to beat Elon. Then yeah. they're home to Georgia Tech. I actually have the Yellow Jackets winning that game. Mm. I'm right on the fence about that one. I, I'm leaning towards South Florida in that game, to be honest. Well, I'm leaning to you. Shutting my fucking yeah, mouth. I'm just, <laughs> no, no. Then uh, at Illinois in Chicago at, Sol- at Soldier Field, which is just beautiful. That's the way football should be played. Right. They're going to beat Illinois. And Lovey Smith is going to think, hey, what the hell am I doing with my life? Right? By the way, how bad did they butcher the renovation and upgrade of Soldier Field? What was it, like 15, 20 years ago? When they took the classic like USC Greek column kind of yeah. exterior, yeah, and they put like one of these 1990s like glass, like yeah. all glass buildings inside of it. It's Fucking like a stadium retarded. inside. Is it's like and you ruin retarded. one of the best stadiums yeah. in all of yeah. football. Uh, anyway, blame it on Obama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, then, then they're home. No, you're completely right though. I really do agree with you. I, I right, tear it down and uh, like make it again. Then they're home to East Carolina. So uh, here's what I got them. I got them three and one in the first four. You got them four and zero, oh, perhaps, but whatever. They're still going to get past eight and a half for me. They get a buy after that. After East Carolina, after that tough East Carolina defense, they get a buy, right? Mm-hmm. Then they're at UMass. Dangerous game. Dangerous game. My UMass Minutemen almost beat Tennessee last year. Lost by four at Colby's Tennessee. Hip to UMass. Lost by four at Tennessee. Pat. Uh, then they're at Tulsa. So I got them beating UMass. I got them beating Tulsa. Even though that's a weird game. I could see them losing Tulsa. Yeah. Right? Then they're home to UConn. That's a win. Then they're at Houston. That's a loss. So right now, right now I got them at 6-2. and two. You got them at 7-1. and one. I got them. You know, they could drop one of those, but if I had... I got them like 6.5, but yeah, maybe 7-1. and one. Okay. And then you get the final four. The stretch to, to send them over or under. Home to Tulane. Dangerous. Dangerous game. Uh, I think they get the dub. In Colby's mind, that's a dangerous the triple game. option can fuck with you, man. <laughs> okay. All right. They, they get the W. I got them at I got them at seven and two. At Cincinnati, they go eight and two. At Temple, dangerous game. They lose. I got them losing this because it's going to be cold weather, and, and that's the second to last game of the season. You go to Philadelphia, that's cold weather. They lose that game. Then they're home to Central Florida, and they bring their season back by winning that, and they go nine and three, and they play. To win the game, Pat. They do play to win the game. Uh, I do think they're going to lose one of those last four games. Um, they could. I mean, I have them losing to Houston too. And quite frankly, they very well could lose so, to Georgia Tech. I got them at nine and three. So you got a ten and two. I, I'm going to lean toward ten and two. You know, he repeats last year. Nine and a half is where I would say is like where the line should be at. But uh, they, I definitely have them going over eight and a half. Okay. Okay. I agree. I think it's a strong play. Providing everyone stays healthy. Uh, yeah. Which moves me along to the Temple Owls. Who? Who? <laughs> Come on. You got to do that. You know what I mean? Who? Ric Flair style. Woo! That's All right. terrible. <laughs> Jeff Collins, head coach of uh, the Owls, enters year two in Philadelphia as the Owls head coach. And uh, comes the former Florida defensive coordinator. And last year he uh, he guided the Owls to a nice seven and six season with a with a nice bowl victory. 
Uh, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I, he, he shocked me because if you watch the Owls in the beginning of the season, they looked fucking terrible, and the players somehow in the middle there they bought in. They completely bought in, and I think they what they won four of their final five games. They bring back six starters offensively. Armstead, the running back. Uh, the, actually, the main turning point of the season last year was when they they switched quarterbacks and they found Frank Newtile. Uh, he's back for his senior year. And defensively, they return six to a unit that was already pretty good last season. Uh, they also add in a uh, FCS transfer in the defensive backfield that's experienced as a grad transfer. All right, Vegas sees the uh, over the over under at six and a half. Pat for the Owls. What are you thinking here? You want the whole uh, whole picture here? I want the answers. The truth. Uh, I want yeah. the truth. I am looking at this uh, six. I respect the hell out of Temple. I think they've done an amazing job for turning around that program for a program that was on the brink of just quitting football altogether. Yeah, about a decade ago, um, and uh, yeah, I think somewhere little, in that maybe fifteen more. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know they've turned into a consistent winner. That said, six and a half is just above where I have them this year. So I'm I'm going to take the under on this one. I actually went with the under two. I think I had them at a nice. Uh, no, I went over actually. I went seven and five. I thought I went six and six. I went seven and five because I like what Jeff Collins is doing and I like this defense. So if you break this down in fours, they got Villanova, they got Buffalo at home, both to start the season. I think they win both, although we, that Buffalo game scares me a little bit. Agreed. A l- l- little bit. A little bit. Uh, then they're at Maryland. I got to I got to assume that's a loss, but I, I would not be shocked if they beat Maryland. Sure, I got them taking an L there too. So they're two and one, and then they're home to Tulsa, and I think they beat Tulsa. I think Look got, at that! I think they're three and I one. I think that's the first game Colby's ever had Tulsa losing. Now you're thinking Tulane. Oh, Tulane! You Sorry. fucking drunk! Aren't they all the same? Tulsa, no Tulane. Good. No, one's in New Orleans. One's in. They have a Tulsa, Oklahoma, T and a U and a L. Where in they their shot name. the Outsiders. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so do it for Johnny, Pat. That's right. And know the Stay difference gold. between Stay gold. <laughs> between uh, T- Tulane and Tulsa. Uh, then they're at Boston College. I am getting a little tipsy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Liquor, liquor, liquor does that to you. Quicker at Boston College is a loss, so I got them at three and two. Home to East Carolina, four and two. At Navy, I think they shocked the Owls. Or they shocked the uh, what's it called? What's the Navy's? The midshipmen. The Rams. No. The <laughs> midshipmen, and they go a nice right there. What? That's that's how many wins there? That's two. No, three, three, three four, five. Home to Cincinnati would be six. And then I think they lose to Central Florida. I think they lose to Houston. They upset South Florida. Seven. I think they're going to seven. Maybe even eight. Maybe even eight. I mean, simmer down there, honey buns. Uh, let's take a look at this from the Patty perspective. Okay. We're going to go with three and one out of the gates. Okay. So you agree with me three and one out of the gates. I agree. Three and one out of the gates. They're going to take losses at at least Boston college. Uh, I got that as a loss too. Um, probably at Navy. Um, so, and then at home against Cincinnati, I'm going to give them the win on that. So I got them at five wins there. And then I got them losing their next three games. And then beating UConn, I got them winning six. Um, so that's still a bowl. pretty close. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I like the over here, but it's not one of the stronger plays. Right. 
All right. Next in line is a team that you know I'm high on. Yes. High on emotion, Pat. <laughs> high on life. Yes. High on about everything when you uh, consider how high Colby is on this particular team. Uh, the Tulane Green Wave. Pat, you ever seen a green wave out there in the ocean? Well, they're out there. They are out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be intimidating on any level. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Willie Fritz. It's certainly weird. W- so. Willie Fritz, and that's that's why I'm high on Tulane. Is I am a fan of Willie Fritz. He, the former Georgia Georgia Southern head coach, enters year three at Tulane, and last year, well, they were five and seven, and they just barely missed out on a bowl game. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, on a questionable call against a questionable spot against SMU. Uh, year one, they won four games. Last year, five games. Pat. So what I'm saying to you is, is this the year the Green Wave go bowling? Because I can tell you they return nine starters on offense, including their star quarterback, Jonathan Banks, the former Kansas State Wildcat. This team runs the triple option. They add in a Notre Dame grad transfer at wideout. Why would you go to a triple option school? I don't know. But still, they do that. They add in some talent at wideout. Defensively, they're returning five. The win total for, from Vegas is running at five and a half. I think the green wave are going bowling this year and Pat to go bowling for the most part, you got to win six games. I would say for the, uh, absolute most part there. Well, no, there's been a couple five and seven teams over the past. That's true. You make a good point there, but I'm saying 500 bowls. So they have to fill them. I am saying they're, they're going to win six or more. I like this team. I like Jonathan Mm. Banks. I like Willie Fritz. I buy into him as a head coach and I'm telling you, Week one against Wake Forest. I, that's the hardest part about this is I love Dave Clawson as a head coach too at Wake Forest. Yep. But Wake Forest has their starting quarterback suspended mm. in New Orleans. Mm. Last time they played two years ago, Fritz's, I think it was Fritz's first ever game. He lost to Clawson seven to three mm-hmm. in Winston Salem. Revenge. It's coming. Revenge. Green Wave are going to take brewing. that down. They're going to take down Wake Forest. Next game, they get Nickel State, which actually is a very good FCS school that made the playoffs. They're going to take down Nickel State. They're going to be 2-0, Pat. Then they're at UAB. They're going to beat UAB, a team that made a bowl game last year. Bill Clark doing a great job. They're going to be 3-0. Then they go at Iowa State. or No, Iowa State. They go at Ohio State. You know what happens, Pat? What happens? They go into the horseshoe, and they play a great quarter of football. <laughs> And then they get the shit whooped out. You know, Ohio State's the t- type of team that lets one of these teams play a great three quarters of football. Yeah, yeah like when Northern Illinois was in there, right? All right. A bunch of times, these MAC teams have just given them close games. Well, they're going to lose to Ohio State, so, but they're three and one. And then they're home to Memphis. And I told you, triple option in Memphis. They're going to win that one. Four and one. Four and one at Cincinnati, Pat. Four and one at Cincinnati. I want five and one. What you're smoking? Five and one, Pat. <laughs> Then they're they're then they get a bye week, and then their revenge against SMU six and one, right? Then they lose at Tulsa. Tulsa upsets them, right? Six and two. Then they're at South Florida. They lose six and three. Home to ECU seven and three. At Houston seven and four, and then the final game of the season is against Navy. Eight and four, Pat. Listen, Colby and, and I, four. as you can tell. Eight and four have usually fallen within one, two, maybe three games at m- absolute most on any given team. 
I could not disagree with Colby <laughs> any more about it. It's teams just, prospects than this particular it's team. It's just the green wave. You're not riding it. I'm not riding the right? green wave. Give me a surfboard. I need to get on. <laughs> okay. What do you got them going? Three wins. You, I got them going. Wake eight, Forest. Seven that's or eight a loss. Wake mine. Forest is playing ball. They yeah. are playing ball. They beat Texas A&M in the bowl game, but that's, that's going to prove my point to how good Willie Fritz well, has this you, offense rolling. Hey, listen, if you, if Tulane is as good as you think they're going to be, if Tulane even gets to seven wins, I will, we should make a bet on this. Yeah, you're going to buy me a, a five-star dinner. I will eat a, the hottest pepper you can think of. Oh, I mean, come on. Well, I'll eat a bunch of Dave's Insanity sauce. That was an hey. old tradition. <laughs> When we were teenagers. So, so hold on. How many wins do you really have them? Um. Okay. I got them losing to Wake. I got them. I got them one and three. I got them losing at UAB. I got them losing at Ohio State. One and three to start. I think they probably steal one from uh, that trio of games at Cincy versus versus SMU and at Tulsa. They might even get two out of that. Um, and then the final uh three or f- final four games rather at South Florida. They got them beating ECU. Losing uh, at Houston and losing. So you have them get winning five again while hosting Navy. I think I have them winning four games, and I might even have them winning three games. Wow, wow! I can't wait to be a genius. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this is going to be sweet. I'm going to remind Colby of this all year. Long. I might throw a party for August Thursday, August thirtieth. Let's when make Wake this Forest, bet. Wake Forest plays this at bet. Tulane. <laughs> I'm taking Tulane. That's the over game. <laughs> that is a big one, man. Week one. Week one. Uh, I'm excited. I'll come over to my house. I'll have popcorn. I'll, I'll Jonathan Banks posters on the wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> Colby will take three shots. The loser of this bet will take three shots of Dave's Insanity Sauce. Deal. And I'll Whole ass gladly shots. do that. All right. Right? Uh, moving along. The Tulsa. You know, there's one thing to have a green wave, but it's another thing to have a golden hurricane pad. <laughs> These colors, man. Uh, Fuck a golden shower. We're having a golden, <laughs> golden hurricane. That's <laughs> like more than anyone wants to handle. <laughs> uh, you got head coach Philip Montgomery enters year four in Tulsa. And last year, well, the golden hurricane were just, they weren't so golden. They were more like a shit yellow <laughs> hurricane. They were two and 10. Uh, but one of those wins was a blowout win over Houston. And, but I will say, look, just about everything went wrong for Tulsa last year that could go wrong. They were inexperienced. The year prior to this 2-10 season, Montgomery won 10 games, Pat. 10 games. And the year before that, he made a bowl game. So this team has been good. They had a down year. I think they're coming back. They got eight offensive starters back, including their starting quarterback, Luke Skipper. You got to love both their quarterbacks. Both their quarterbacks have experience. Luke Skipper and Chad President. Chad President. <laughs> like, if what, President wasn't yes. more yeah. enough, <laughs> Chad President. Uh, okay, but they got two experienced quarterbacks. They returned seven starters on defense. This team is experienced, Pat. Vegas, uh, Vegas yeah. has the over-under at four, and I can tell you, Pat, I went over. Did you now? I went over. I like it. Central Arkansas, once again, another good FCS team. Week one, Tulsa's going to get that win. At Texas, they're going to lose. Home to Arkansas State, I think, is a winnable game. I think they're going to shock the the Arkansas State Red Wolves. A-State. Then they're at Temple, they lose. They're 2-2 two and two out the gate. 
All they need is two more wins to go over, or three wins to go over four. At Houston, that's a loss. Home to South Florida, that's a loss. They're two and four now. At Arkansas, that's a loss. <laughs> Home against Tulane, that's a loss, Pat. I got them at two and six. Where are these last two wins coming from? I got two and six. Then they're home to UConn. Three and six. I'll Pat. give you that for sure. At Memphis, three and seven, Pat. Mm-hmm. At Navy. I don't remember what the hell I said for that. <laughs> you one. better not give them but that th- win. Look, they're at least a push because I have them beating SMU. So okay. they're at least a push, and I think they're capable of beating Navy. They're capable of beating Navy. They're more likely to steal one of these than if uh, I had to go, I got them at four and eight, but I think they're gonna go five and seven. They're going to find a way to upset, just like they did with mm. Houston last year. Tulsa is like a uh, traditionally better than two and ten team. Yeah, and and they they might even find a bowl game. They might even go six and six. They might yeah. upset. They, they they might win at Temple. Like you said, didn't they beat they Notre Dame a few yeah. years back? Yeah, and dude, they won ten games two years ago. Right. This is a shockingly like this is an anomaly of a season they had last year. Yeah. Shockingly bad. That said, assuming there's. An, uh, because they have a tough schedule at Texas versus Arkansas State, who we have favored to win uh, the Sun Belt. Sun Belt yeah. uh, at Temple, um, at Houston, at Arkansas versus they South whooped Florida. Houston last year. That is true. <laughs> That's why Tulsa is a very weird team. <laughs> they won two games last year and whipped an otherwise pretty damn good team. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, okay, so. I got them coming out of the first eight games with just two wins. And then I, uh, you know, I kind of have them at that four game mark as well, but I, I see them as much more likely to lose one of those games. I'm having them win than win any of the ones. Cause I think they're very soundly going to lose. If you had to, you go over, right? No, I'm you're, you're going under. I'm going under. First it was the green wave. Now you're going against me on the golden hurricane, mm. right? The loser of this gets a golden shower. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Well, That'd be sign terrible. me up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we got to predict what's your conference championship. Who wins each, each side of the, you know, I got, for me, I think, we're, I think we're both on board with South Florida. I got South Florida upsetting Central Florida. That is one of these, like, games that I'm feeling with my heart because you go with a team that just went 13-0 that is returning their super efficient starting quarterback and to bet against them seems kind That's of That's a good point. That's a good point. You but know. I think South Florida is going to find a way to make this happen. I got South Florida against Houston, and I got Houston winning the American Athletic Conference. Mm. That is a good bet as far as your conference champion because I'm in agreement. Now, almost You're against... You're in agreement on Houston? I thought you had Memphis. I have Memphis, but... I have South Florida winning the conference almost against my better judgment. I think, quite frankly, Memphis is a better team than South Florida coming into this season. But in the same way that I just have that sparkly feeling about uh, Butch Davis and Florida International, I have that same sparkly feeling about Charlie Strong and South Florida. And I think, you know, Lady Luck is on the Bulls' side. And... uh, you know, Memphis, they, they could very much win it, but South Florida's going to get it done. Uh, okay. So, I mean, look, we both have South Florida in there, though, which I, which I, 
you know, I don't know if I want to change my opinion now because you start to sound like an idiot when you're that wrong on Tulane. No, oh, gosh. But, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I think we, we, in agree, we are in agreement a little bit there. But, okay, so now we enter. Okay, give me a dog, though. Give me a dog to win the American before, before we go into the Twitter question. Uh, I mean, the one that really jumps out, obviously, is Houston. Um, you got a guy who's a Heisman candidate, and you have a bunch of close losses last year. If a defensive tackle wins the Heisman, Tulane. I will. All right. Talk about yeah, two, golden showers yeah. <laughs> and Dave's insanity. That's just so not going to happen. But I, I think, uh, you know, a strong play here. The green wave. The green wave. Boy, Colby's Green wave is my. Florida I think Navy Navy could be a good uh, a Navy Navy could yeah, be Navy's going to be in play. A yeah. good a good long shot there. Okay, now what was great about everything before we we tune out here for another episode of the College Experience. Before that, we had some great Twitter questions, Pat, and and they want to know what the hell you think. You know, line them up. All right, first one, Low Country Buff says, please give out some Week One locks. I love Lane, Lane Kiffin, even though it says Lane Kitten, uh, plus 21 and Louisville plus 25. The QB replacing Lamar, and his name, by the way, is Juwan Pass, will be great and put up points on the Bama secondary. Please share some AAC locks. I can tell you one of my locks will not be Louisville <laughs> against Alabama, but <laughs> AAC locks. So pulling up my bookie.ag, and trying to find some locks, I will tell you from the start, if you just listen to the final couple minutes or that we just talked about, I like uh, Tulane getting the points against Wake Forest week one. I don't know what that number is at at the moment. I'm trying to pull it up, uh, but I, I'm not even seeing it on my, my book AG right now. Last I saw, and that, you know what, that's, that's probably because... Wake Forest's quarterback has been suspended. So that probably alters why that line is not there right now. Um, let me try to find it on a few different sites. But I, I'll just say that one from the start. That's that's the one that I really like. Let me see if I can try to find it on some other websites here. Let's see. Lane Kitten putting uh, getting 21 on Louisville. Um, what? No, no, no. Lane Kitten plus 21 against who are they playing opening weekend? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Ah, I'm not that confident on that particular game. Um, for as good as the owls were in year one under Lane Kitten, um, Oklahoma is a juggernaut. Okay. And you better bet your ass after that. Was it double overtime loss in the, uh, college football playoff? They are chomping at the bit to just prove it from minute one that they're back in the race. And Lincoln Riley has almost already proven himself to be a bigger, yeah. b- better big game coach than even big game Bob, which, you know, <laughs> stopped having, uh, stopped being a proper nickname after like two years in Oklahoma. Yes. So, so I would definitely agree with you. I like Oklahoma in the play there. Um, what I will also say is Tulane, I found it over on Odd Shark. Tulane's getting seven and a half points. And they're at home playing Wake Forest. I love that. I would take the point. I like the money line. 
Wake doesn't have their quarterback. I don't know how good their backup is. You know what I mean? Tulane's going to handle this. Boom. Crazy. Take the points. Take the money line. Okay, so moving along. Next Twitter question is from, I, I could be butchering this, K Kerbel. Kerbel. K Kerbel. He says, Cincinnati quarterback situation. Is this just... Is this team just flat out terrible? I mean, they lost to ECU last season. Well, first off, East Carolina is the greatest school on the face of the planet. But uh, I'm assuming, like I said, I heard they're going with the... Hayden Moore? Well, I mean, I heard that it's a QB battle, but I would assume they're going to go with the senior Hayden Moore, which actually, if if I'm a Cincinnati fan, I would want Hayden Moore starting in Pasadena uh, at UCLA week one. Yeah. So I think that's... that's, uh, I don't think the team's flat out terrible either. I mean, dude, it's Fickle's first year. There's some question marks for me, but we'll see. Pat Pat is is high on them this year. I'm not that high on. You Cincinnati. said seven and five earlier in the episode. What the hell are you That's talking about? That's my bias. Okay, here's I also think that Luke Fickle is probably a terrible in game coach. He's already proven to be a you know quality recruiter. You know, which you would expect for a guy that's got that like 20 years or 30 years or however many years of. Uh, roots built into the state of Ohio. Um, but he's just not that good of a X's and O's coach. And actually Urban Meyer actually said that. Wow. When Urban Meyer took that job, he just straight out said, I just wasn't impressed with him as a coach. Now over the course of the next year or two after like he allowed him to like build into the program, he became more impressed with him. But I'm just not that impressed okay. with Luke Fickle. Okay, see, that's, and, that's a big statement, though, because I, right. I didn't, I never right. heard Urban that Meyer statement. Urban Meyer would come out and say, dude, I think this guy okay. kind of sucks as a coach. But then uh, Hayden Moore, when he took over for Gunnar Keel, like when he was, a, uh, and Gunnar Keel was supposed to be this hot shot Notre Dame commit, granted, he sucked too. Um, I would have expected way more out of them. I could see them getting significantly better, or at least a few games well, well, better. Well, you have them going significantly. You're seven, seven and five, buddy. Yeah. My uh, Tulane is your is your is my Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay, but I at least admit bias here. So uh I think Cincinnati, um they're not flat out terrible, they're getting better, but they got a ways to go. Uh all right. Okay, so Clayton at LL Cool Clay asks, Will Temple ever be able to keep a coach longer than one good year? Also, can I expect more shitty quarterback play from the Owls this season? <laughs> well, I imagine you were probably watching the first half because Frank Newtile came in and the, the 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 I thought the offense moved a lot better. Now I'm not saying he's a great great quarterback, but I think he's serviceable and he's back for his senior year. Uh, as far as the coach thing goes, uh, I, I think it could be tough, but at the same time, I mean they went seven and six last year. That's a solid year, and Jeff Collins is back at year two. I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to invest more money in their football program, but I think it's potential. There's potential there, but yeah, it's tough when you have the, the, the power schools, you know, offering way more money. So many East coast schools with openings too. Yeah. So, so I think that's always going to be kind of an issue, but, uh, okay. And then, uh, you agree, Pat, right? Um, yeah, I would think in time they'll, they'll develop into like a, uh, a program that has a little more cachet that, People don't want to just leave as soon as they get the first chance. They need their own stadium. That playing at the Eagle Stadium, it's like they just can't fill it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's bad a luck. bad look. Yeah, uh, but I, I mean, I'm a fan of the Temple Owls. But okay, moving along, uh, Johnny McPertz, and he is his Twitter handle is at Stephen Pertile or Pertle. Uh, do you think 
UCF gets shut out of the college football playoff again if they go undefeated. Uh, if they go undefeated, Pat, that means they would have wins over Florida Atlantic that could win the Conference USA. They would have wins over Pittsburgh, which could go bowling. North Carolina, that could go bowling. And uh, do I think they get shut out? I do think they would get shut out again. But yeah, first off, I, I don't think they go undefeated again. Right. Yeah. Not only that, there's not a single, like, super impressive win on that schedule. Unless North Carolina, like, wins the Coastal. Right. right Which right. is possible. It I mean, is. Coastal's wide yeah, open. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that 13-0, they might, if they were gifted with, like, uh, several, two to th- maybe even three, two-loss power five if they Champions. blow out every team, right? They can't have games. And then there's that, just some shit power five team that won their conference that doesn't yeah. deserve to be there. You know, give me like a Wake Forest one in the ACC, then yeah. you might get UCF to get that. I, I don't see it happening. First off, because I just don't think they go undefeated. But I mean, look, I hope I hope it happens. But uh, okay, and last but not least, Pickle Rick at Pickle Rick's Picks on Twitter. Asked us, is Navy going to be more explosive than last year, or is it all injury dependent? Are the other AAC teams or other AAC schools starting to figure out the triple option? No, I don't think they're starting to. I mean, well, Tulane's figuring it out because they practice it every day. Uh, so defensively, they, they're much better with it. Uh, I know. I I I think they're going to be more explosive offensively because they found that quarterback. Uh, what did I say his name was again? Uh, what, Nate, I always have the hardest time. Malcolm Perry. Malcolm Perry. Malcolm cool. Perry. It, it played much better in the second half of the season, uh, or first off, because he wasn't even he wasn't even their quarterback. Uh, but once he came in, the offense seemed to to, to run a lot better. A little detail there. Yeah. Uh. But as far as uh, other AA schools figuring out the triple option, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think you figure out the triple option. I think the triple option has been figured out since the dawn of time. It's a matter if you can stop it. If you're disciplined, if you play hard enough, you know, Virginia tech, I was reading the other year practices. their like little triple option drill. The minute that, uh, Georgia tech week starts and they just run it incessantly, you know, and Bud Foster is a great defensive coach and still Georgia tech just sometimes whips their ass. You know, it's like if you got the guys to stop it, then you can stop it. If you don't, then you can't. It's like those Nebraska teams when they had Tommy Frazier. Like, I was just, like, blown away. I was like, dude, they're playing. I can remember them playing Colorado, and Colorado had, like, basically an NFL player at every position on their defense. Yeah. Like, their their defense was just ridiculous. Yeah, those early 90s Colorado team. And I'm like, they can't stop Tommy Frazier, man. Tommy Frazier just shit all over them. Yep. And it just made me realize that it was like, this offense is, is, if you have the right athletes, it can be flawless. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm surprised more teams don't do it, because when you look at Army, Navy, Air Force, and I think what I think you're going to see, well, Georgia Southern, you can you can say Georgia Southern, with the exception of the past two years, extremely successful. Well, Army has just came up, but I'm saying I think if the triple option, it's making a little comeback. Bob Davy at New Mexico has gone to bowl games and they struggled last year, sure, but he's gone to a lot of bowl games before that. Uh, Tulane, I expect to make that step this year. I still don't know if it's trendy. I th- I still think it's uh, looked at as kind of like an equalizer of an offense as opposed to like a, a dynamic offense, but at least by the players. Well, you have Georgia tech. Does it now? Right. Frost at Nebraska runs a little no, bit. He of He might be yeah. a, a big enough name to like kind of change the perception of it. But this goes back to something you brought up to me the other day, as far as Arizona with Khalil Tate. Yes. I think, I think they're a bit overrated because I think that, uh, 
this offense is not, I, I like Kevin Sumlin. I think he's a solid coach, but I don't think this offense is going to cater to him correctly based on his skills. Skill set, which yeah. was fit for Rich Rodriguez's spread option with the yeah. running the ball. But what I meant to bring up was, wasn't Arizona mentioned as a possible oh, uh, yes. hiring yeah. place sorry, for went, a triple that went, option? That went, that went way over my Straight head. Over yes. head. Nia Montalolo was about to get the Arizona job, apparently, I think. And then Khalil Tate tweeted that stuff. and uh, That was apparently a huge factor yeah. in them going with someone yeah. over Nia Montalolo, which is kind of crazy that a, a single player that's going to be gone in a year has that kind of influence over an entire program. But it just goes to show you when you have a Heisman candidate quarterback, you know, who's like potentially with a, a trendy offense, you know, and has that kind of cachet, then they look, that guy looks at the uh, triple option offense as some old school relic that's not going to get him anywhere in the pros. Uh, and that's a, the sad part about that is Arizona has really not been a juggernaut. I mean, Rich Rod had him in a, a Pac-12 championship game, but uh, I just think more schools should start, especially if you're a smaller school. That's how you can cut corners if you're not getting the athletes. Right. You know Let I mean? one power team, a traditional powerhouse, bring back that triple option, and then it'll be back in the uh, in the college yeah. game. You yeah. know, so, so uh, that, that, was, uh, that was a good question though, and I like that one. But thanks for all the Twitter questions, and thanks for listening to the College Experience. Uh, you can check us out at the SGPN. I'm sorry, wait, the SGP Network at on Twitter. I can't talk. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes at. You know where the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. The show is called The College Experience. You can find Pat on Twitter at the Patty C. No Patty, not the, just Patty Jesus, C eight three one. Yeah, Patty C eight three one. And I am the Colby D. That's what it is there on it is. Twitter. And I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just messing this thing up. <laughs> Next up, we're previewing the Independence Conferences. This is us signing off from the college experience. And I got some nuggets for you there. So be be ready. Yeah, some Denver nuggets. All right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Right? <laughs> uh, take care. This is the college experience signing off. Listen to some Scott Shrike music. He's a great dude. Boom. Oh.